Welcome to Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces. I'm your host, Cassiopeia. You can find new episodes every Friday available on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe through Anchor or sign up on the Patreon page, both links are in the bio, for access to bonus episodes, early episode plays, and more. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at creepycases.spookyspaces for all news and updates. Due to the graphic nature of some of the cases and spaces featured on this show, listener discretion is advised. creepy fans welcome back to creepy cases and spooky spaces yes we are back this week with a new uh spooky space i know that last week we had some technical difficulties and we weren't able to uh post any episodes but all that has been worked out and we are back um don't forget this tuesday will be the next bonus episode for subscribers and patrons to the patreon so make sure that you um take advantage of the bonus content and the early access to episodes and the thank you swag um so while we've taken care of that let's get started So this week, our spooky space adventures take us to Ararat, a rural city in Victoria, Australia. And now I've actually always wanted to visit Australia. Um, That was until I saw the size of the spiders down there. And um, I am not a fan of spiders. Like spiders give me way more like they make my skin crawl way more than any paranormal experience I've ever had so I um I think that might (laughs) might have bumped Australia down on my visit list even though it's a beautiful country don't get me wrong I've seen photos and I'm okay looking at it from my bedroom living room from the comfort of no spider zones so um yeah Um, But today, I'm going to be telling you about a psychiatric hospital that was opened along with two other asylums to accommodate the growing number of lunatics in the colony of Victoria. Its doors opened to patients in 1865, and at its peak, it reached up to around a thousand patients. And this was the common number annually, about between 900 and 1,000 patients. And it closed in 1998. So through its 130 years, it saw well over 13,000 deaths. And a lot of those patients never left. So I'm sure it's safe to assume that it's a pretty, pretty creepy place, a spooky space, you may say. And this week, we'll be talking about Airedale Asylum. 
had been found in Victoria, Australia, thousands of immigrants flocked to the area to try and get in on a piece of the action for themselves. But as we have come to learn, most in this situation usually find disappointment rather than success. And the amount of people going to Victoria caused quite the spike in crime as most of them simply lost their minds at the fact that they had given up everything on the hopes of finding gold, but only to find that they now had nothing. At this time, anyone convicted of a crime was placed in the common prisons, and this led to overcrowding, and those who were were among the quote-unquote insane weren't really given the proper care and they soon became a danger to themselves and to those around them and it just became kind of a madhouse um no pun intended um in order to accommodate the steadily growing number of lunatics in the colony of victoria the government decided to commission aridel mental hospital which was originally known as Ararat Lunatic Asylum. And it also, they built two sister asylums at the same time, Kew and Beechworth. Now, the asylum was designed by J.W. Vivian and his assistant, John James Clark. And construction began somewhere between 1860 and 1864 on what was formerly known as Madman's Hill, which I find to be pretty fitting. Um, It was a town of its own within a town. It included its own market gardens. It had an orchard, vineyards, uh, pigs, and other livestock were kept on the grounds as well. And there was also a gallows, a morgue, and a graveyard. The guardhouses are listed as being built in 1866. And I also found that patients were admitted as early as 1865, which was actually two years prior to the asylum's official official opening of its doors in 1867. Now, the hospital consists of 63 buildings, and it has a wing on each side, one for each sex. And at its fullest, it held around a thousand patients. And not only were there criminally insane prisoners housed here, but it became a place for anyone suffering anything that was considered a mental illness. And this actually included uh, some of the most minute reasons. Postpartum depression, epilepsy, autism, and even Down syndrome. This saw thousands of men, women, and even children being admitted to the hospital. The courtyards used what is called a ha-ha wall. And 
This was used frequently in early Victorian asylums, and it was basically the wall is set up from the outside looking in, the point of view just made it look like it was a low wall. And I guess they did this so it wouldn't suggest that these um, patients were being imprisoned. But on the other side of the wall, from the inside, the ground actually sloped into a deep, deep trench. So it was basically impossible to climb the wall and escape. We'll return to our spooky space after a few words from our sponsors. Conditions in the hospital were less than desirable for both patients and staff. The buildings were uncomfortable, crowded, and treatments that were routine then would be considered barbaric today. And just a couple of these included electroshock and lobotomy. Death was also another major factor of both both staff and patients, and the hospital averaged around a hundred deaths a year. In December of 1886, the J Ward was developed, and this ward became the home for people who were usually held in jails, prisons, or reformatories, um, but those who appeared to be insane, and I guess maybe more so beyond the realm of recovery or quote-unquote help. Um, just a few of these included Mark Chopper Red, Bill Wallace, and Gary Webb. Mar- Gary Webb. So Gary Webb could definitely be classified as insane. And after a long history of mental illness, in 1982, he went into a pizza shop in Rye on the Mornington Peninsula, and it was intended to rob it, but he was spotted by an off-duty policeman who attempted to intervene. Now, this policeman was actually shot, and while he recovered, he left the police force soon after the incident. And the woman who owned the shop was also shot, and still confined to a wheelchair. Gary Webb was shot in the legs by police, and he was arrested when a news crew spotted him fleeing the scene. He was sentenced to 14 years with a good behavior release date after 8.5 years. However, Good behavior was not in his wheelhouse. Not even decent and acceptable behavior, in my opinion. Um, While he sat in prison, he wrote to the media and the politicians about what he would do if he were released. And some of these acts committed, or included, committing massacres, bombing of bridges and buildings, 
cigarette machines that would dispense severed fingers, drink machines that would dispense blood, and he also claimed that he would assassinate any politicians that he could get close to and contaminate the water supply. Um, I'm sure you can imagine the politicians became quite worried, so they actually passed a law that would keep him imprisoned for the rest of his life. Webb was not fond of being told no, and when he didn't get his way, he would self-mutilate. And there are over 70 records of him cutting pieces of himself, including cutting off part of his ear, his left nipple, and he even cut his penis off three times. And the last time, it ended up being too damaged to reattach. He died in 1993 at aged 38, which to me is very young. And after he ingested razor blades, which then left to parentitis, and he it was considered a suicide because they believe that he ingested the, the razor blades to kill himself, but then ended up dying by infection. Bill Wallace was never actually tried or convicted, but he allegedly shot his friend over an argument about a cigarette. After this, he was declared insane by two separate doctors in 1925, and he was sent to Aradell for 64 years to be held at the governor's pleasure. Now, I didn't, I couldn't find much about what that really meant, so I'm not sure if that meant like the governor could keep him as long as he wanted, or that the governor could kind of have him maybe work or do as he pleased, Um, but that is the term that was used when I was researching. Bill Wallace died in 1989 at age 107. Now, in the center of the yard stood an aviary that housed exotic birds. And one night, while the nurses were locking up, one of the patients told them that he knew something they didn't. After a bit of back and forth and kind of trying to lure information out, they were told that a group of patients had been flexing the metal sheet pans that caught caught the bird droppings so that the sides had broken into these long slivers. And the plan was that the next morning they would run out into the yard to grab the pieces of metal and using like handkerchiefs and towels wrapped around the sides to use as handles, they would kill the staff and escape. Now the nurses didn't say anything. They didn't really respond to the claim. But after making sure that everyone is was in bed and in for the night, they went out to the yard, released the birds, smashed the cages, and tossed them over the walls of the asylum. And the next morning, the would-be escapees all raced out to the yard, only to see that their plan had been foiled. 
Between the long history of torturous methods to subdue and quote-unquote heal the patients, to the actions of some of those who lived out their lives at the asylum, it's no surprise that it's one of the most haunted locations in Australia. We'll return to our spooky space after a few words from our sponsors. Shh! Do you smell that? The fairies must be whipping up something amazing over at the Wiccan Fae Candle Nook. The custom layered candles are a must for all candle lovers. With your choice of three scents, you can create your very own garden soiree or Sunday yummy Sunday. With names like Bitch Slap Blue, Chill the Fuck Out, and even the new Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces scent line, you are bound to find something for everyone. So right now, when you mention the code CREEPYSPOOKY, you'll get 10% off your first order. So head on over to pizzaandpigtails.com and click the shop link up in the left-hand corner and get your very own Wiccan Fae candles today. stories have surrounded the asylum for decades and even close to a century. I want to preface that paranormal activity isn't what some people think it is. A lot of people think that paranormal activity consists of ghosts constantly showing themselves and um you're going to turn a corner and walk into a man from the 1950s or you're going to see the ghosts you a lot of and a lot of spirits do show themselves physically but a lot of them prefer or their energy more so comes to light as noises or cold spots or um more physical touching rather than showing themselves, quote-unquote, visibly, I guess, would be the word I'm looking for. Um, if you're anything like me, you're sensitive to the energy that precedes or proceeds them. And I've actually gotten physically ill at times when I visit certain places. And... Um, St. Augustine is actually a rough place for me to visit, although I absolutely love it. And I actually try to visit, you know, once a year or more if I can. Um, But I absolutely love St. Augustine. But, um, But at the asylum, people have reported feeling cold, hot, Um, They get bouts of nausea and even pain while walking through certain rooms or wards. And people have actually been bitten. And clocks can be heard when there's no clocks around. And uh, pushing has happened. People have been pushed. 
cameras and electrical electrical equipment have malfunctioned quite a bit. Um, a lot of people say that they'll walk in with full battery on their cameras or phones and only for it to be drained like really quickly. And for some reason that actually happens a lot with paranormal activity and I feel a lot of it is because there's a lot of electrical energy or the magnetism in the air from said energy. So it's it can definitely drain um, a battery or even a human battery um, if they're sensitive to it. Uh, reports of smells often arise and there's even been reports of methodical banging as what sounds like someone hitting their head against the wall which I've you know you hear that in movies or you hear you've heard that on documentaries and that's one of the worst sounds that I've ever heard in my life it's just I don't know why but it just yeah um, tingly sensations have been reported and the people who reported it find that they were actually standing next to the old shock therapy ward. Uh, one room has even left visitors with nausea, terror, and trance-like states that last until they exit the building. It's said to be haunted by three prisoners who were hanged and buried in the exercise area in 1859 when the J ward was being used for the county jail. They were convicted of murder, so they weren't given um, a proper burial, and the only real evidence that they even existed are three small scratches on the wall. The superintendent's office is known to be haunted. Visitors have experienced a bitter taste in their mouth while passing his office. And a former superintendent actually died by suicide after swallowing prussic acid. And I couldn't find um, any kind of official report um, as to who it was, but a lot of speculation um, kind of points to a Dr. William L. Mullen, who died um, after being poisoned in uh, 1912. But the report of his, it says suicide, but it, it they, they deemed it a suicide, but then somebody else said that they, he was kind of one of the more um, uh, brutal physicians so he may have been murdered we're not i'm not gonna rule that out um another ghostly residence of the asylum is that of nurse carrie and she haunts the women's ward and she has um always been deemed a friendly presence um she was actually uh reported as being very maternal and very caring in life and it's said that she actually watches over the tour guides and she's thought to be continuing her nursing duties and looking after her patients in in death her ghost has been seen by many and one woman caught some shadows and her face in a photo 
And um, I've actually been thinking about starting a website to where I can post some of the photos that I find in my research because some of them are pretty are pretty interesting. And um, but you can also Google um, Aradale Asylum or Arad Ararat Lunatic Hospital, and you can actually find these photos as well. Um, another woman's son actually fainted in one of the rooms. And people have reported hearing the click of high heels and the soft voice of a woman, but they don't find anyone uh, when they when they look around the corner. Or some have actually reported that they see kind of a mist, as if a apparition is disappearing when they go to look. Uh, Governor Finamont was the last governor of the Gaul. In 1886, he was giving a tour of the asylum, and while he was walking down the stairs, he suffered a major heart attack and died on the spot. And tour guides and visitors have reported hearing heavy footsteps made by um, hobnailed boots, and they'll hear him kind of walking up and down the stairs only, once again, when they open the door and look, there's nobody there. Uh, Gary Webb, the uh, insane inmate I told you about, has also been seen in his former room, and he yells at people to get out. The asylum closed its doors officially in 1998, and today, a large part of the grounds is abandoned, but part of it is actually used for the Melbourne Polytechnic as um, kind of a training grounds for hospitality, which is um, kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting college to be using this sort of area, but I guess it um, I guess it's size and space kind of helps with it. Um, there's an, a vineyard on property, um, an olive grove, and a lavender farm that are all still on the grounds. And you can actually still tour the abandoned areas and even take part in paranormal investigations. The tours give an in-depth look at how life was lived when the hospital was open. And you can even explore the area with um, your own equipment, or I believe that when they do the paranormal investigations, they have equipment that you can use. But um, definitely, definitely tell me, would you visit Aradale Asylum? Uh, because I know that I definitely want to. Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces is a Pizza and Pigtails production. Writing, recording, and editing done by yours truly, along with Pizza and Pigtails Productions. You can find new episodes every Friday with bonus episodes coming out every other Tuesday. Follow along on Facebook and Instagram at creepycases.spookyspaces for all future news and updates. 
Don't forget to subscribe to Patreon or Anchor for access to bonus episodes, early access to episodes, and much more. And if you have a creepy case or a spooky space that you would like featured on the podcast, shoot me an email at creepycases.spookyspaces at gmail.com. Thank you.